You alright? My name's Paul, I've got autism, and I make random videos about my autism and put it up onto uh, YouTube for anyone who might want to watch them. Uh, no pressure, do what you want. And uh, this is the last weekend before I have to go to the dentist. Uh, so I've got the dentist this upcoming Thursday. Uh, whenever I put this up, the plan is to upload this video after it's done. So hopefully it's uh, it makes sense. Um, so I've got to go. I've got to get stabbed in the face and I've got to pay good money for the privilege, I suppose. So that's not a not a great feeling. It must be like, uh, you know, like going to see a dominatrix or something where I'm paying to get hurt. <laughs> so that's what dentists are. They're really sneaky dominatrix. Uh, but there's no pleasure that comes from this, unless you count not having toothache. So yeah, I'm a bit panicky. I've got a bit of a headache. It's why the lights are lower in this video, because I'm just bothered because of the dentist, dentist, dentist. It's just ringing in my head and driving me crazy. Um, and if my face looks red, uh, I'm not embarrassed to do the video. <laughs> it's just uh, I'm fresh out the shower and I scrub my face uh, like I'm a dirty potato. I just go to town. I can't, I don't know like how much is enough. So I just scrub until um, I end up looking like this. So yeah, I want to talk about animals or pets um, more to the point because I think pets are ridiculously important, especially when you have autism because uh, they're great. They turn a it's a, you know, they stop a house being a house and they turn it into a home and there's someone excited to see you when you come home from work and you've got a reason to get up early, you know, go for that walk and it gives you a bit more structure and there's bad things that come with it. You know, like if you've got a dog, people will walk past you and your dog will sniff their dog and they make small talk and that's always awkward. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah. Um, so what I've got is a couple of stories, uh, <laughs> like I always do, but um, one of them is basically me doing something so stupid that I kick myself every day and I don't need anyone else to kick me. I already feel bad enough for what I did, um, but I'm I'm going to share it because I think it's important you, you know, you keep it real, um, you know, so uh, yeah. But I'll give you a bit of a rundown because there's a there's a there's a horrible story which is real, um, and then there are positive stories after it. So you know it's we we end on a high hopefully. For those who stick around and watch all my videos, which I always always appreciate, so thank you very much. So dogs, dogs in particular. I've got a cat. The cat's an idiot. I've already kicked him out of the room because he was licking, and the sound of him licking drives me bonkers and it's all he does it's like how many times it's like he cleans himself and then starts again at the beginning uh, but apparently it's indicative of the breed um, and I've got a Maine Coon um, because where I was living back in the day they wouldn't allow me to have a dog so I went out and just got a massive cat um, as my way of spiting them <laughs> for not letting me have a dog so when I was a kid I'll never, ever forget what it was like when I first saw my dog, my very first dog. So I've got two memories of being young. One of them is sat in a pram with the rain cover over the pram, and it was raining, and I remember that feeling of being sat 
in the seat, all warm, and seeing this rain cover and knowing that it was stopping the rain hitting me, and I still felt nice. Um, and to this day, I, I totally identify with that because I love the rain. It's the best weather on earth. You know, hot beaches, mm -mm, not for me. Just give me a nice rainy day, stick me in waterproofs, and I'm good. Um, so I, I remember that. And then my, my second memory is of when I was at my nan's house on my birthday when I was turning three and the living room door opened a bit, my uncle's head popped round and then this puppy's head popped round. And it was like, oh my God. You know, and the rest of the puppy was behind the door. It wasn't just a head, you know, that, that would stay in your mind. Uh, just a crazy uncle with a dog's head. Um, but yeah, it was amazing. And, you know, I remember coming down again the next morning and seeing that there was poo all around the perimeter of the, uh, of the living room of my nan's house. And that's when I first learned dogs poo as well. Not just us. So she was great. And I had her since I up from when I was three years old till I was 15. And it's one of the only things that can make me cry when I think about it. You know, like when she had to go. Because uh, I had what I believe I had the opportunity to stroke her just before she just before she went. And uh, I didn't. And, you know, I think well, she was looking at me. I was looking at her. I just wanted to get to the vets as quick as possible. I didn't want to stop and stroke her before the boot was closed to drive off there. You know, it was all about time for me, but she never came back. You know, I just remember her looking at me and I, it still gives me a lump in my throat and hurts, you know. And, you know, I was 15 then and that was a bit of a while ago. Um, I had another dog. Um, like whilst I had my first dog, but she was more like my mum's dog because my dog was my dog and the other one was just there. They were good company for each other. And to be fair, she was a good dog. She did nothing wrong, uh, but she used to really wind me up because when she was about to go out, she used to do this sort of squeal and the noise, oh, the noise used to bore through me straight to the middle of my brain. It gave me an instant headache. It gave me a pit painful pit feeling in my stomach and he used to wind me up <laughs> but she was a good dog she was a good dog poor thing um got a bit older and ended up getting this big bull mastiff called zeus which is the common name for a bull mastiff um and he was cool he was just a big mad a big softy he uh would Bark at bus stops, bark at carrier bags, you know, wouldn't walk past people with umbrellas. It was just a weirdo. And uh but it was fun. Like he used to walk in front you'd be watching TV and he'd walk in front of the TV and stop. So you'd still be watching the TV, but he'd stop and then his tail would just slowly start wagging. He'd be looking at you from the corner of his eye and he'd start growling, you know, and then start roof. Just giving you these barks as if to say, stop staring at me. But the reality was we're only looking at him because he was in the way. <laughs> but he was great, you know, and dogs just give you so much, that feeling when you get home from work and there they are, dead happy to see you. They want to go for a walk. They're dead confident. Like, yeah, come on, let's go out. I just think they're great. I, I, for me growing up, you know, a dog was my friend as well. You know, it wasn't just an animal. It was a friend because... 
I was a bit of an odd kid at times. Um, and I didn't always want to do things with other kids. So there's your dog just wanting to play tug of war, you know, wanting to chew on a stick. Um, just <laughs> whatever, you know. And I just always, I, I, for me, like if I had kids, there'd have to be a dog in the house anyway because that's where you learn so much. You learn about what it feels like when they do pass on, what it feels like when they're not well, what it feels like when they make you happy, what it feels like when you're sad and there's this dog just there, you know, still wants to love, wondering what's up with you. I just think dogs are such an amazing animal. Um, humans, not so much. It's kind of like I've got this over-emotional over, over side of me where it comes to dogs, and then it's like, it's what was sucked up to be caring about animals. I then lost in humans. Um, you know, like a dog needs you. A dog needs you to help it. A dog needs you to feed it and things like that. Whereas humans, we're just, we're just daft. And yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of us sometimes for what we do. But um, yeah, dogs were great. So for years, I didn't have a dog. And I wanted a dog. There was always, like, I, I, I've, probably told you before but I work away I work alone I work all over the country and that's not the best case scenario to have a dog because it's not fair so I ended up working my way through work through positions through the way that you have to work things and then COVID came and COVID has been a blessing in many many aspects of my life anyway but you know it's also given me a bit more time to be based at home but I was so I was looking for years at dogs, always on pets for homes. And what I would say is if you are looking for an animal and you are in the UK, and I don't know how far pets for homes stretches, but do not, whatever you do, use pets for homes to find an animal. All right. Um, and I'll tell you my story, which is the horrible story. And that's where it all started. Um, so let's just crack straight into it. But what I'm trying to say is my situation all the stars aligned and I was able to consider getting a dog because I'd been researching, I'd been reading, I'd been doing absolutely everything you possibly do to make sure the stars aligned. Because what I didn't want to do as well was get a dog and then pay for it to go to doggy daycare. Because It's like I'm paying, I'm working to pay for someone else to look after my dog where all I want to do is be at home with my dog. So that didn't make any sense. So things just fell into place in the end after years and years of waiting and trying just to get to this right position where I can once again be owned by a dog. Ah, So here it is. So what I'll say again, I, I've already kicked myself more than enough times. I don't need anyone else to kick me about this. I still feel terrible. But what happened was um, I was on Pets for Homes. I was on there week after week just looking for the right advert, the right dog. And then one day I'm just at home, I'm scrolling through and bang, this brand new one appears. And it was for these German Shepherd puppies. The pictures were good. They were little fat, stocky things. You know, the ground looked nice. The garden looked well presented. The dogs looked happy. And it was like, you know, there was actually a decent write-up because sometimes you just get a one-line sort of text-speak description of the dog and this was banging on about hip scores and the parents and bloodlines and 
really, really in depth. And uh, I just, you know, got in touch with a guy. He was well-spoken. Uh, and it was like, when are they ready to go? And he was like, now I've kept all advertisements away because I didn't want to be inundated. And uh, they're ready to go. So whenever you want to come and get one, you know, by all means, you, you're the only person who's phoned everyone else's text. So I don't mind putting you first, you know. And it was like, great, have you got any males? Because I associate better with a male dog. I like the boisterousness of them. Um, and it was like, yeah, I've still got some males. I was like, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Um, when can I come and get one? And he's like, well, how soon can you come? And it was like, well, I've got to do my work day and then I can get there. He's like, all right, well, I've, you know, the plan is to sort of give them off, give them off. Um, so it was like, okay. And that work day dragged. I had a time of about seven o'clock, half seven that I had to be at his house for. And on the way, I stopped at Pets at Home to get a crate, dog bowls, dog food, dog biscuits, dog toys, dog everything, everything dog. Like dropped about 250 quid just in Pets at Homes just to get more than enough because it was spur of the moment off a long-term plan. And I get to this house and it was a bit manky. It wasn't very nice outside. And I thought, how weird. It doesn't match the pictures, you know, but maybe the back garden's different. Who knows? Um, I go in the house and there's no mum dog around. And obviously you're meant to see the puppies with their mother. You know, that's rule number one. But what was there was these two little puppies. So instantly my heart had melted. I'd fallen head over heels for the puppies because the puppies, I had these years and years and years of waiting and wanting and missing. And I was this far away from, from getting my own dog again. And, you know, I asked him, I said, where's, where's the mum? And he said, well, what's happened is it's like, you know, obviously there's only two left. We did have seven and, uh, the mum the started to get really bothered. So um, my wife's mum only lives a few streets away. So I've gone and dropped her off because she was getting uh, she was getting stressed. And I didn't want to sort of making a scene and it would have been more difficult. The more puppies that were disappearing under a care. And to me, that sounded quite logical. So I, was, I accepted it. And then the dogs weren't as puppy-ish as I expected them to be. They weren't bouncing around. They weren't diving all over you. They were just sort of sat there. Like there was a blanket on the floor or a rug on the floor. And he said, that's got the mum's smell on it. Obviously now they'd be having a feed and, you know, they're, they're tired. It's been a long day. They've been bouncy for every, you know, everyone who's come and it's late on. They usually have a sleep now. And to me, that sounded logical as well. And, um, you know, long story short, I was over, I was smitten with this puppy wanted to take him home and you know someone up there was watching down because the payment didn't go through for about three or four attempts from my phone you know sort of to his his phone and um yeah it just just wasn't you know it's it's almost like someone somewhere was trying to say don't buy this dog and then i bring the dog home and i had him for two days and i had to take him to the vets um, because he had parvo and then the vet said you know this all we can do is offer sort of supportive care you know put him on a drip to replenish his fluids and as he starts vomiting and things like that we can always offer the food and try and get it back in his system and 
we can't actually do anything because you can't cure it. There isn't a treatment for it to get it out of the system. And I was, I had to take that chance. So, you know, I dropped a big amount of money, well over the odds because of COVID and people were, you know, being what people are and just hunting the money out. Um, and then I had to drop him in the vets and, you know, pay nearly, what was it, £250 a day nearly just for, you know, the dog to to be looked after in there. So and after four days, it, it, I had to make the decision for him to be put to sleep because he wasn't recovering. He was, they said that, you, you know, where he was just sleeping usually, now he was actually awake and he didn't look well. And I hated that idea that there was this poor little puppy somewhere suffering through no fault of his own because of these scumbag pieces of trash who just want to farm animals. So I made the decision that I had to be put to sleep. And that was horrible, but had to be done for for his sake. And uh, I remember sitting there sort of afterwards, like about a week, not a week later, but sort of when it had been a week. And I thought, what on earth has just happened? I didn't have a dog. I didn't think I was getting a dog. I got a dog. I had a dog for two days. And then I had to say goodbye to him. And I, and I remember like when I had to throw all, everything away because there was Parvo. Um, I just, you know, I just having that thought, like how stupid I'd been to get, you know, so how gullible I was to sort of fall for this puppy because of these puppy farmers. But, you know, now I realize it's not my fault. I tried to give a dog a good home but it's these scumbags, these absolute parasites of society out there. Um, you know, it's their fault. It's not mine. I'm done feeling bad. I feel bad for the dog. I feel stupid for being in that situation. But it's not my fault. You know, it's these idiots' fault. Um, yeah, so that's the bad, horrible story out the way. But it didn't put me off getting a dog. So I've had the back garden relayed from where my little puppy went out a couple of times um, because and, and, you know the, the dog didn't get parvo from me. They came from this guy uh, because other people who got puppies from him, they, all the puppies died as well because that's the bad story. This is the better story. Um, got in touch with animal well, well, welfare and told them the story, shown them the text, shown them the money transaction, told them the name of this guy, evidence, 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 just battered them with everything and they were like all right this is a this is a case you know found people who'd also bought um puppies off him their details over to animal protection as well animal welfare and it was like let's hunt this guy down and they they basically found him coming back from ireland and as they were stopping him on something unrelated they said by the way do you know you wanted in court because there was enough evidence and he was apparently completely shocked like what? Why am I? You know, so he didn't even know all these months that there was a case being made against him, and then it got dropped on him like a ton of bricks. And I would have just been happy knowing that I was putting him off his dinner, that I was giving him sleepless nights, that I was bothering him. You know, I just liked the idea that this scumbag out there was bothered. Hopefully, he was bothered. Um, and then he had his day in court um, because, and apparently, what had happened is. Um, a judge was looking down the things on the day and went, you know, when it's sort of to see if there's a case to be seen. I looked down and went, there's an animal welfare one. I'm having that. And this judge is a massive animal lover. Um, he read it. You know, and this guy was like, I'm so sorry. And the judge was like, no, you're sorry you got caught. 
you know, you're sorry you got busted. Um, so yeah, there's a case to be heard. And again, I'm more than happy just thinking this guy was then bothered. He had to go back to court, you know, um, and then he had to go to court for sort of the hearing and for the, um, you know, to see what his punishment was. And he shows up apparently, this is all from the animal guy, uh, the animal welfare guy. This guy went to court, he had his wife with him and they drove, you know, to court because they just expect to get back in the car and drive home after a slap on the wrist, couple of hours of community service. The judge was also an animal lover and gave him a prison sentence. <laughs> Not only did they give him a prison sentence, they also gave him a compensation fine for me, for my trauma, for my hardship, for my suffering, you know. And apparently when he was given the prison sentence, he was going, I can't go to prison. I'm, I'm not going to prison. And they were like, yeah, you are. Off you go. Um, so he served uh, a month, four weeks in prison. Not long enough. Uh, but I just hope while he was in prison, he got hurt. I hope while he was in prison, he had to watch his back. I hope while he was in prison, he had sleepless nights, hated the food, had short conversations with his wife. And I just hope it caused a trauma for him to be there because he didn't need to do this. He didn't need to cause harm to animals. He didn't need to be a piece of trash scumbag trying to chase down the pound coins, you know? He didn't need to do that, but he did. And I didn't need to contact animal welfare, but I did. The judge didn't need to send him to prison, but he did. They didn't need to make a ruling that I would get my money back for the dog I paid, the money back for the vet bills, and then the pain and suffering money, but they did. So now we're actually at the stage where he's been released from prison. And he's got to pay the money. And he's got till the end of the month to pay up the full amount. And if he can't pay, he's got to create a payment plan. And I can promise you this. Whatever his payment plan is, it won't be good enough for me. So no matter what now, until he's paid in full, I'm going to be that thorn in the side because if the payment plan isn't kept up to date, he goes back to prison, but he still has to pay the money. So I'll be watching to the second that the money needs to go in. I'll be messaging the courts every week to find out, to make sure he's still paying, make sure they've got his bank details, make sure they know where he is because I'm getting that money from that scumbag because you don't do that at all. Um, he'll never watch this video, um, but I'd love to think that he got wind on it someday just to see that I've got a nice big grin on my face to know he spent time in prison for being the piece of trash that he is. Um, Anyway, which leads me to my next step, my next voyage. Um, I still want a dog. Of course I do. I still want a dog. I still think they're the greatest things to, ha to, you know, to have in the house. I still want to be owned by a dog. I still think for anyone with autism, having a dog is such a good thing. It brings great structure. Um, and it's nice to love someone who loves you back. It's nice to know that when they want to cuddle, you know, they know when you're bothered and they're quite happy to just come, stick their head on your knee, you know, and have a nice little love. They're just great, great things. And uh, there's a guy, he doesn't live too far from where I live. He comes with rave reviews. 
He is very well known by my local vets. They give him nothing but commendations. Uh, there are people on sort of, you know, like validation um, pages and sites and companies that all know who he is. He's a well-known um, person who breeds these champion dogs because he likes to show them. He doesn't really breed them anymore. He likes to show them. He's a retired fella. Um, he's got quite a lot of land. He's always welcoming people back who have had um, dogs off him in the past and people go and spend time together and let the brothers and sisters play with each other and go and see the mum again. And I like that. It's really nice. So I, uh, I went to visit. I had a look at his many German shepherds that he's got, these grown-ups, these big, burly, wolf-like dogs. And one of them is pregnant. And I think, fingers crossed, I'm on his list. So it's been a year since my poor little, my poor little Warwick um, had to be put to sleep. Like I said, I've had the back garden relayed, fresh turf, I threw everything away um, because I didn't want the parvo around. I bought specialist bacterial disinfectants and scrubbed everywhere the, the dog ever sniffed, licked, walked in the house to try and remove any anywhere of that. Um, so I, it looks like this guy's dog is, uh, one of his females is pregnant and looks like I'm on his list. Um, he chooses you based off your character, not how big your house is, how much money you've got, none of that. Um, he doesn't over, oversell his dogs either. They're at a good price um, because he wants to make sure they go to good homes, not rich homes, you know, because a lot of rich people have nannies for their own kids. So if they can't look after the kids, they're not going to look after a dog. And I found that hilarious when he said that. Um, but, yeah, so it looks like the next step might be happening sooner than I thought. But at least this guy is well known. At least this time I've gone above and beyond rather than just getting, you know, dragged in by the cuteness of a little puppy. So, yeah, it looks like this year, maybe in three and a half months, four months, fingers crossed, I might have a new puppy to show you. And if I do, I'll be very, very, very happy. Um, it's a shame that the other one didn't survive. Of course it is. And, you know, I think it's an important lesson. Um, because there are horrible people in the world. There really are horrible people out there. Um, but you should never let negative and negativity, you know, you should never let it affect you. You've always got to try and shine through because it's not me who's the negative one. It's not me who's the pessimist. It's not me who's the money-grabbing, chasing, scumbag piece of garbage that this guy was, you know. And, and I'll be completely honest, I wanted to kill him. And the only reason I didn't is because I don't want to go to prison either. Um, but you can't treat animals like that. No, you can't. Um, and as much as I'm aware, a vegan may watch this and go, but if you eat meat, you're not being nice to animals either. That's another topic for another day. I'm talking about a dog. You know, and yeah, let's, you know, let's take our hat off to the silly cat that's on the other side of that door as well, because he's all right and he's got to put up with a new... Uh, a new puppy when it gets here. Um, but yeah, fingers crossed. But if you're a parent, get your kid a dog. <laughs> if, uh, you know, if you're someone with autism who struggles and you haven't got a dog in the house, get a dog. You might feel like you're overwhelmed. You can't deal with some things sometimes, but take it from me, someone who was raised with dogs and someone who's missed one every day ever since, get a dog. It'll do you wonders. 
apart from picking the poo up, I'm not looking forward to that again. Because when I was a kid, you didn't have to pick it up, you know. There was no dog wardens. Uh, <laughs> it's a different world now, but I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I really am. So, yeah, get a dog. That's my advice. Thanks for watching. And until next time, keep smiling.